Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And this is your podcast for March 24th, 2019. Bruce, how is your Lent going? My Lent is going beautifully. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I haven't. Oops. I did have one piece of chocolate. <laughs> oh, is that what you gave up? So it's not going so greatly. I, I have to admit, I did not do a give up uh, this year. Uh, I am utilizing uh, th- this podcast, actually, as my as my Lenten devotion. Um, um, one, because I'm lazy, and it was already there. Uh, but two, it was it, I, I, I don't feel like I get as much out of eliminating something as I totally agree. as trying to add something so for all of you uh indecisive lenters out there uh there's uh, next, still time ne- <laughs> it's never too late to start uh and uh and uh if you're always wondering what should I give up maybe inverse that uh, question and you can uh, figure yeah, well, out what you can give and actually in all seriousness why I took on and I did the same thing giving up chocolate is just uh, sort of a traditional thing to say, mm-hmm. uh, is saying my evening prayers, watching the sunset in my backyard. I like that. Yeah, it's really I like nice. that. I'll peel back the curtain to Bruce's uh, Bruce's personal life there. Yeah. That was great. No, I like that. That would be uh, 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 pretty miserable in, in certain circumstances this year. Uh, I like a good jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had one of those uh, uh, pouring down rain, no sunset, gray. I like standing in the rain. Well, then there's not much of a sunset. So then it's more just, oh, it's yeah. going to be that time of day. There you go. There yeah, you and go. part of it is experiencing nature and its various expressions. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, well, uh, feel free to send us your questions at shortcut at hfec. Man, I can never get that through. Shortcut at hfec.org. And we'd ha- be happy to tackle some of your questions. But uh, we'll, we're, we're going to uh, jump into our today's sponsor. Uh, and today's sponsor is Bent for Lent. <laughs> Sick and tired of joints hurting, your mind not being focused, feeling fatigued, and not having any flexibility, this Lent, join our Episcopal-based Bent for Lent yoga studio. Ah. It's easy, even for beginners. Whether it's learning positions like the downward dog, <laughs> the side plank in your own eye, or the prone to sin positions, or experiencing the more advanced under the lotus plant, goodly wings of the peacock, or I am the lord of the dance, said he poses. All are welcome, regardless of their ability. Remind yourself this Lenten season that you aren't as young as you once were, and that passage about to dust you shall return feels closer than you'd like during any of our sessions. And if you really are a flagellist, you can participate (laughs) in one of our hot yoga sessions and remind yourself what hell must be like. (laughs) Bent for Lent. It's all the rage, at least until Easter, and then we're going to kick this thing to the curb. Very, I like that. It won't surprise me if next year some parish does that with that title. You know, that's not. I, I was going to make the the yoga studio uh, get bent for Lent, but uh, then I realized what uh, that yeah, phrase actually implies, and it's not it's not something that I should have even said in our podcast. That's right. Uh, but uh, but just showing you that there is a filter on me of some sort, uh, which then disappears, that then quickly disappears and forgets where I am. But uh, but yeah, so that would actually kind of be. Uh, that, that actually could be a very fun Lenten devotion. Yeah, it could be a nice ministry. Um, uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, thoughtfulness and mindfulness that comes out of yoga, even though I won't go near the the, the thing uh, because uh, I don't bend well and uh, and uh, and I'm very self conscious. But uh, yeah, a lot a lot of Episcopal churches host various kinds of yoga classes or even full studios. 
That would be cool. Yeah. See, there you go. We have extra acreage, Bruce. Now we know what we're going to do with it. That's right. <laughs> Not. Not. <laughs> At this point, anyway. All right. So the readings. Uh, we have a bit of a a, 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 a curveball that was thrown to us. We, we go off of a, a, a electionary reading website uh, that, to this point, has been uh, A-OK, 100% accurate. And then all of a sudden... Um, our first reading today on that website is not what our first reading is in the Episcopal Church, which is... Yeah, and, and I'm enough of a church nerd that I'm honestly embarrassed that I don't know why for this one week there's this one difference That's between odd. what the Episcopal Church is doing and what the Revised Common Lectionary is doing. So if, if anyone knows the answer to that, please email in at the... What is it? Shortcut. Shortcut. <laughs> Thank you. Short, that part I didn't get. Shortcut at hfec.org and enlighten me. Yeah, beat the church nerd. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so, yeah, normally we, we have it on, on, on the, the, the website we use as Isaiah 55, 1 through 9, but in our readings, uh, and if you come to uh, uh, church on uh, on Sunday. 8 or 10 o'clock. 8 or 10 o'clock. Well, always got to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear, uh, actually, instead, Exodus uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, and that goes like this. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, "Excuse me, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not being burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has come to me now, has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come. I will send you to Pharaoh and bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be your sign for you. This will be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, This you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent you, me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is and this my title for all generations. A fairly well-known story, the Foundation. story of the burning bush. Right. Um, call of Moses. The call of Moses uh, to, to action. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, uh, so, so uh, since we're not entirely sure why this uh, this uh, verse gets thrown into our lectionary readings, because because uh, we're, we're waiting on you, uh, all, all you folks out there, um, what, uh, what what can we take away then from this reading that we don't know from our you know childhood story days? Uh, 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 oh, okay. The, the bush is not bur- The bush is actually not being consumed. That's cool. Yeah, um, there's some good special effects in it. I very much like a. Uh, uh, um, God's uh, uh, response, it, like J- it, Moses is just like everybody else, tries to hide his face. Uh, I, I like the, the the concept of of maybe God saying like, "Stop that! Like, pay attention." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Almost my python ish. I lo- I was gonna say I, I I like that line. I could in, see in, in your eyes in yes. the Holy Grail. <laughs> Stop that! I can't stand it when you people do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. I've got something to tell you. <laughs> right. Don't waste my time Stop here. Groveling. Um but uh so 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 what what about this story uh uh that maybe we haven't we don't discuss very often because it is we usually use it as a children's story, I think a lot of right. times. Right. And which is certainly fine and no problem with that. But it is one we should come back to as adults because it is so deep mm-hmm. that um and I'll, I'll just highlight a couple little pe- a couple pieces of it. One is God's self-revelation about being, I am who I am. Uh-huh. And what's fascinating there, and it fortunately works in English as well as the Hebrew, is that God's name is not a noun; it's a verb. Right. The and and often is called the Great I Am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coming from this verse, and the significance of that. Has been written about now for centuries and centuries and centuries of God not being able to be pinned down by a human title or mm-hmm. a human word. Uh, that instead, God is this, that we know God only by God's action. And therefore, the label for God is itself a verb, the verb to be. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting how little the human race, both within Judaism and within Christianity, has really um, exercised that title in terms of composing prayers, hymns, artwork around the I Am. It certainly has happened a lot. Sure. But we we tend to default to terms that we're more comfortable with, which are nouns. Like right. God the God. Father. The, oh, know. yeah. The Trin- Trinitarian titles. Mm-hmm. Just the term God, Lord, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, most of those are, within the English language, way too small. You know, that's interesting. I've always liked the title, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I am who I am. Uh, yeah. uh, it's a great line for all you fathers out there. Um. <laughs> it, it's sort of like the, you do you, <laughs> that <laughs> some parents say. <laughs> but why? Because I said yeah. so, that's why. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great title. And, and I always did like how um, Moses, at least in my mind, he seems to like be trying to, the, the verse goes on, uh, obviously, but uh, he like, he tries, it seems like he's trying to get out of it. Like, but, oh, but yeah. Who am I? And yeah. It's not out of modesty. Ask, when I, when they ask, what do I say? And how, I don't know, you know, like, no, it's just, you know, and, and God really, in a lot of these uh, uh, interactions does come across as a father figure, which is why I think we, you know, we, we, we revert to the father title a lot, but he's just, just, would you just go Moses? 
I told you what to do, you know. See, I would counter clean that. Clean up your room and get out there and do it. <laughs> That's also a mother figure. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's very true. But yeah, a parental figure, it, it's easy to humanize it uh-huh. in, in both good and bad ways. Sure. That, um, yeah, that, that it's easy to, to almost downplay to God just doing some nagging until Moses goes along with it. When, in fact, it's the beginning of a whole series of dialogues and at times even arguments mm-hmm. between Moses and God. Right. That throughout their journey together, they go back and forth about how to deal with the uh, misbehaviors of the Israelites as they're wandering through the wilderness and all sorts of circumstances. And so it's fascinating to me anyway to see the, the beginning of this relationship starting off not with Moses saying, whatever you say, Lord, but mm-hmm. instead already negotiating. Right. And perhaps trying to get out of it, probably trying to get out right. of it completely. And God doesn't just tell him to shut up. Right. God negotiates back. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, of course, will win out on the negotiation. But I think that's a an interesting and perhaps helpful model to us today in our prayer lives of trying to not so much negotiate with God, but realize God knows what that sounds like when we do it. <laughs> right. You are not the first right. to have come <laughs> to along have tried. and tried to, to, right. to get out of this calling or to, 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 to avoid, avoid, don't avoid your destiny. Come. Or just don't avoid doing good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we often do try to avoid it. So is this the first reference of the promised land uh, uh, and, and that, promise to the Israelites or or does it go it, it depends how how tight you want to get the the definition of promised land it it really more though echoes what Abram who became Abraham mm-hmm. is promised that we just heard about uh, last week right of his descendants transcending the number of stars and that he'll be Given the land, sure, that's fantastic and all that sort. But of this thing. doesn't really seem to bring that promise in, into into focus. I mean, they, well, he, it's getting he, closer. He names and God names uh, uh, very specific tribes that mm-hmm. that currently reside in the land that they're uh, that they're going uh, into. Towards, yeah, which which does also kind of then uh, later on down the road beg the question: like, if you already ha- you have not like the name of nine tribes that occupy the land how come it took you 40 years to find it right <laughs> oh the Hivites. i know where that is now you know or, or maybe or maybe it really was like completely like with who that well that's true you know could be that and also one thing to keep in mind is that a lot of tribal societies at that point in that region were pretty nomadic mm-hmm. and so the idea of even national boundaries were to put it lightly, very fluid, and for some tribes, totally non-existent. Okay. So it, it maybe all maybe all those num all those tribes were numbered because they would temporarily. Oh, they be in that territory. Maybe, maybe and uh, move maybe, on. They they had they had they had been there at some point in time. Yeah. And well, or were there every March? Well, okay. And it's a timeshare. Yes. <laughs> The land of milk and honey timeshare, and uh, and uh, and the Israelites are going to finally buy it out and whole and and uh, yeah. And if I'm just off the top of my head, I believe 
and I could be very wrong on this, I believe the Canaanites are the only ones we have archaeological evidence of having oh. of having structures, hmm. cities mm -hmm. built in that territory. Hmm. So that's one reason I'm thinking the others may have been nomads, but it may just also be that I have not kept up on my archaeological research. Well, that, that, I mean... I, I have no knowledge of what you speak of, but uh, I suppose in a way that that sounds like it could hold uh, some water there because sure. the uh, uh, Canaan uh, is you know that the, the name does carry through um, for right. the region. So so that, I guess that would make some sense that uh, as as the the we get deeper into the books of the Bible and closer to the New Testament and through the New Testament that that name still is is of relevance. So that would right. that would imply through. some permanence of of those 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 people and their mark on the land. So I guess mm -hmm. that, that that that'd be interesting. Um, uh, so if you're an archaeologist uh, with, uh, with 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 personal knowledge or of, of have back issues of biblical art biblical archaeological review, which is a really cool magazine. Please look it up for that us. Is cool. That is, yeah, or yeah. maybe it's just in Google and we haven't looked. <laughs> I don't know how to work this thing. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah. Anything else about uh, the burning bush? We know well, the burning we, bush. We could go on and on. Sure, so we better sure. move on. I don't want to take away from your sermon that I know is going to focus solely on the burning bush and not either the uh, the, the two remaining well, chapters. It's actually kind of rewriting as we speak. Now ah, I know the, best, ah. the opening lesson instead of a passage from Isaiah <laughs> that I prepared for. There you go. All right, so First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brother and sisters, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that flowed, that followed them. Boy, I got to read that right. Uh, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the end of it, the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. Not testing, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Kind of a dire passage here. <laughs> yeah, it's not a feel-good one. I mean, it, it, it kind of falls into a, a similar rhythm of some of the, uh, some of the, the, the uh, um, readings that are, that are sent to uh, um, Christian churches, uh, uh, I have no idea what I'm trying to say. Okay, uh, uh, the, Rewind. The, the, the new the new churches in you know in Corinth or yep. in, in Philippi in or you know what yeah. kind of you know oh they ate this and they drank that and they did this and you're kind of going along and then all of a sudden it's like and uh, and, uh, and twenty three thousand die yeah and <laughs> you, you I mean so where the turn is is there in in verse five and you know talking about uh, 
God not being pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. And that's referring to the 40 years of uh, wandering uh, prior to um, the promised land, I, at least I assume, since we were uh, talking right. about Moses. Um, so I'm curious about, I'm not familiar with what story is being referenced in verse 8, uh, about 23,000 falling in a single day. Yeah, and it's... I'm glad you brought that up because in many ways that gives us yet another clue as to what Paul's talking about here. Okay. This is a, a story, uh, I believe, from Numbers where the... Oh, yeah, I don't read that one. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, it is kind of redundant with the book surrounding it. But this particular instance, the Israelites who were wandering around, um, they had not yet reached the Promised Land, had started to intermarry. Okay. And... If you just read that, it's like, oh, why is that an issue? And why did the leadership get so upset with these folks who are beginning to intermarry? And the reason for that is at that time, when you married someone from another culture, you didn't just say, okay, we'll eat that food that you eat as well as the food I eat. You also took on their gods. Gotcha, right. Okay. And so it was an, it's another example that Paul is citing here, a whole line of examples of idolatry. Okay. And of people making false idols or even seeking out false idols in the case of that 23,000. And therefore falling off the path that God has given to, to us to follow. So it's not that they had sex and it's not that they were having a certain kind of sex. It's that they had begun begun to worship false gods even before they got into the promised land. Hmm. Okay. Well, and we, I know the one story, obviously, because they made the golden calf. Yeah, uh, there's a big, they, they, they literally made they a false They barely idol. made it out, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're, they're right back in where they were in Egypt uh, in that, in that regards. But I guess I didn't, I didn't realize uh, that was one of the stories. I, we're going to have to, we don't get enough reading from numbers, uh, Bruce. We're going to have to talk to <laughs> The uh, the the Episcopal Church well, as a whole. You're not and, limited to what's read in church I, on Sunday. I, I, you can read it on your I'm, own. I'm I'm signing the petition now. More <laughs> readings from Numbers and Deuteronomy. Not enough. There's not enough. Um. But uh, okay. And then uh, verse ten. Uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued by the language in verse ten. Uh, not so much about the people uh, and, and do not complain as some of them did, but they were destroyed by the destroyer. Who's the destroyer? Well, the, the footnote in the New Revised Standard Bible I have in front of me says, some avenging angel. So, there's a story there. Yeah, Why are we and, not focusing on this? Well, it's like, well, there's some avenging angel that came and destroyed them. Um, so a there's, very different group of avengers. Go right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and no, fran no action figures available yet. Right. Right, right. <laughs> But it, it's part of that pattern of who of putting yourself or a false god before God, of setting yourself basically up as a false idol. And so that's why the some avenging angel uh, killed I, a bunch of them. I smell a Hollywood blockbuster uh, that crosses over with Christianity. Maybe bring in Chris Hemsworth as a... <laughs> As a Thor, the avenging avenging angel, and uh, well, I have ideas. You have a lot of them ideas. are bad, but I've got them. 
But and what all this is leading towards is a few verses later, verse 14. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. All of this other stuff was that leading to that one sense. sense. That would have made a lot of sense to include in our reading. Yeah. <laughs> we cut off right before there. Right? Not, not that verse 13, don't get me wrong, I like verse 13. I like, uh, you know... Uh, and a lot of people fall back on this verse as, yeah. as, as, as mantra for living life and, and you know, that, that your, your testing is, is common to everybody and, and, and take solace in the fact that you're not alone, that, that uh, you're never going to be tested beyond your strength. That, mm -hmm. like, you know, that's, that's pretty common. But, yeah, I, I, I like the rounding out of verse 14. We need to keep that in there. I, w I certainly Bruce, would. we really need to talk to the Episcopal Church <laughs> yes. as a whole and revise we, these. I was going to say, this Sunday... In Lent, we have got to get the reading to change before three years from now. Whoop, can't do it. Oh, well. <laughs> Mark it down. I, I want to, so, so shall it be noted. But it is one of the benefits of listening to this podcast is you can know that you should be having the refrain in your mind while reading through chapter 10. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. Because that's basically the whole point of chapter yeah, that 10 makes the whole thing the whole reading make a lot more sense yeah um, uh, well i shouldn't say makes sense it brings it draws the it to a point right which is good gives it a good focus yeah all right anything else on i think that's enough for today yeah all right we'll come back to that tomorrow <laughs> luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 9 and i'm going to try to read this uh better than i've read the other two <clears throat> At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they are worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of... Uh, oh, goodness. I wasn't prepared for it. Siloam? Siloam? Very good. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. If not, but if not, you can cut it down. So this is a uh, this is a uh, story Luke is uh, giving to us regarding uh, Christ. He's 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 the one who who speaks uh, starts speaking at the beginning. Is that right? Do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, In verse two, the um, he asked them. That's Jesus. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, and and this is kind of a passage that talks about delves into that question of uh, of of uh, do things happen to people because you know they've sinned or they mm -hmm. deserve it, which is just and we've discussed it on this podcast before. Uh, still a semi popular oh, sure. mindset for 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 some people that, that bad things happen because you deserve it and you're because it's a false seat false sense of safety if we think we're living good lives okay that means nothing bad's going to happen even though there are passages like this that say not so fast right or 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 the extreme uh, inverse of that of, of because bad things happen uh, and we've had that before with natural disasters in the past that people have pointed to that and so well, oh, see that's because they're sinful right. and and because they've 
walked away from God in this regard and, and this is God punishing them. Right. And this is, and so this verse right here, uh, kind of should dispel that theory for us of like, look, that's right. This is Jesus himself saying, just because, you know, this terrible thing happened to these Galileans doesn't mean it, it's not because they were more sinful. It's because, uh, uh it happens. <laughs> I mean, bad things right. happen. Right. It was a matter of poor engineering or right. an earthquake. Or, and and Jesus doesn't take extra time to explain why it did happen to them. Right. Uh, and he just says, no, that's not it. Right. But keep in mind, we all perish. We're all, you're all going to, you know, we're all going to go this route and, and, uh, uh, and you're going to, you're going to die just as they did. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't close out that, you know, that, that philosophy of like, no, that's wrong. And here's. You know, here, yeah. Here's an opposite. Here, yeah. Something. Here's the here's the, the here's the reason it did happen to them. Yeah. It just says no, and 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 you know your your time will come too. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big piece of it. Um, one thing, one interesting thing in, with this um, passage is there's the in verse one at that. There are some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is scholars really don't know from the Greek what this actually means. There are some scholars that have written almost whole books on this means that Roman soldiers went into the um, Jewish temple and mm -hmm. as faithful, holy people were doing sacrifices in the temple, probably lambs or pigeons or something, that the Romans stabbed them and they bled to death um, so that their blood mingled with the sacrifices being offered in the Jewish temple. Mm -hmm. And then there are other scholars who just as fervently write that these were people who were walking past a Roman sacrifice taking place, a pagan sacrifice taking place, and were grabbed by the Romans, pulled into the temple, and they themselves were sacrificed, made into human sacrifices oh. to the Roman gods. That the, the Greek oh. is ambiguous enough that we that we can't say which of those interpretations we should take. Obviously, our faith doesn't depend on that. Sure. But I think it's kind of a... Um, helpful example in that so many bad things happen we can't even accurately say what they are right right that you think the, that's the worst thing ever well what if it was this which it could also be oh, that's, that's even worse <laughs> <laughs> well i do like uh, uh, now that i think about it the, the verse one is kind of an, a very interesting framework mm -hmm. uh, uh for this for this verse because it implies that those who were present, or some of those who were present, whoever it was, it was that was doing the asking. At least to me, it seems as though it's impl implying that their focus was wrong. Right. They seem to be focused on the fact that the blood mixed with the sacrifice, and therefore was like it was an unholy sacrifice. And 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 Jesus kind of steers them more towards. Them. Yeah, they they suffered. <laughs> right. The point. Think about the, the humans. Of, yeah, the point, the point about the sacrifice is irrelevant. It's yeah. the, the that the Gal these Galileans suffered, and 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 why do you think that that was? And and kind of steering them towards the real point of of like ignore that you know that 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 uh, 
the, the priestly law portion that you're worried about here mm-hmm. and, and the tainting of the sacrifice. Let's focus on, 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 the on this The suffering issue. of these people that presumably were innocent since yeah. the Romans did it. Um, and then what about the, uh, the, the, what about this parable? I mean, it, it, the, is there anything, I mean, so there's a fig tree in the vineyard. We, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gardening and farming related parables, uh, throughout uh, all the gospels. Uh, but this one talks about, uh, uh, one that's not performing and, uh, you know, if I'm, if I remember right though, like fig trees take a while to root and actually bear fruit. I think a lot of fruit bearing Well, like with most plants trees, yeah, take a while. Take some years. Yeah. So, but he's like, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the owner comes to the gardener and says like, Hey, it's been three years and nothing, just chop it down and, and, and replace it. And, uh, ah, give me one more year. What would this, I mean, parable be, be saying, especially in context with this discussion about uh, bad things happening to, to, to people? Is this just to drive home the point that God doesn't seek vengeance? Or, I mean, in a way, well, it kind of... There are two things here. One is keep in mind that, once again, we have a lectionary set up here. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to just be reading the Gospel of Luke straight through, there's a putting one after another function going on here that does right. not necessarily mean that the first half of this passage and the second half are supposed to be interpreted simultaneously. Right. It could be a brand new discussion going on mm-hmm. on, on the part of Jesus. So it, it could be that it doesn't have anything to do with the other. It, what, we, we are in kind of chapter 13 has a, has a slew of parables that yeah, kind of like it's boing, 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 right. one after another. So it could just be that this is, the beginning of a longer sequence, mm-hmm. and because uh, centuries after it was written down, we needed an organizational principle. We put chapters and verses on here mm-hmm. that can make it um, almost deceptive as to what's supposed to be with what. Because really, the end of Chapter 12 is just as important to the beginning of chapter 13 as the rest of chapter 13 is to. Right. It, so it, that's one reason it's always nice to, at least occasionally, say during the season of Lent, sit down and read a gospel start to finish almost without a break. It doesn't take long. You can see perhaps more accurately the flow that was intended when it, when the gospel was put together. I do think it's fair to, to point out, yes, uh, uh Actually, reading the Bible outside of just listening to uh, to, to to our our, our lectionary uh, musings on this podcast is is advisable. Uh, and we, we even presumed <laughs> in terms of the Episcopal Church, yeah, sure, it's sure. presumed that there's that people are spending time on their own or with the assistance of Bible classes and such mm-hmm. to to read the scriptures outside of times of worship. Right, but there's and, a different function then. And if not, if, if, if you're not one of those people, uh, allow this to be an encouragement to, to give that a try. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, feel, especially uh, here in Luke. Luke is a, a fantastic uh, yeah. book of the Bible to just kind of pick up and read. It has some of the best through. stories, and I mean mm-hmm. that, I purposely use that word, because they are stories that Jesus made up and told, like mm-hmm. the story of the Good Samaritan. Yep. Um, so most of it will feel familiar. A lot of it, it feels very um, comfortable, and it's beautifully written. Um, so yeah, it's probably the, well, I say this about whatever gospel we're in the midst of, because I'm studying it so closely, but it's one of the best gospels there is. I'll, you know, it's in the top four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a high bar, <laughs> high bar to make that uh, get to receive that praise. And let me so, say, so just give it another couple of months, and it'll be like, oh, the book of uh, you know Mark is beautifully written. And, I, and you know, I absolutely. do that. <laughs> <laughs> and man, did I love Matthew last year. <laughs> One last thing I want to say about this fig tree parable that a lot mm-hmm. of people may not notice is the time spans. Three years, one year. Mm-hmm. That, And I have to admit, I have not read this anywhere, so I may be completely off my rocker in suggesting it. But I think there's a strong possibility that this is a reference to Jesus. That, three, mm. that let's give the people three years of Jesus walking on earth as a human being oh. and one year... Post resurrection, mm-hmm. and the, then we during that time we believe the Christian Church started to be formed, and um, a lot of the, um, frankly, a lot of the world started to be converted. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it's referring to. That's an interesting point of view. So, so uh, in a way, you could almost see this as a as a personal critique of yeah. of Christ Himself saying, you know, hey, it's been it's been three years, and I don't feel like I've done anything, but yeah. so. Let's give it one more year. Let's uh, let's uh, right. let's beat that death thing, and uh, we'll see if I can uh, come back and 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 uh, start something that that starts to and reflect what I'm here for. As uh, Kathy Gray talked about in her sermon this past Sunday here at Holy Family, Jesus has a, a few verses before this mourned over his lack of effectiveness in ministering with the people of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and so it would fit in. With that theme that was running through the, the last portion of the book of Luke, Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem as in towards his death. Mm-hmm. And some of these, I think, some of these stories and words are reflections of his viewing of himself and the ministry that he's been able to do for three years. I really like that. I really like that. It gives it a kind of a, a very personal feel to yeah. Uh, to 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 that and and a, and a very human trait to to, right. to Christ Himself of of a uh, little bit of self doubt a little bit of uh, 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 criticism or self critique which we all do yep. constantly uh, at least I know I do yeah and too. Uh, um, and uh, and that, I, I I like that I don't know if it's true I don't know if it's true but, but I like it so let's put this certainly of there's approval. a truth in there that we can all ponder here on here here henceforth <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> So let it shall be written. Um, no, I like that. Well, that's a great, great way to to, to end that. Something, yeah. something new from a from a verse reading that I, I don't. I've never considered that before. That's, I that's admit, I haven't until this this last couple of weeks when yeah. I've been studying this. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that uh, that concludes the uh, the podcast for March twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you. Uh, in the pews and if not uh, uh, hopefully we'll see your your little view marker uh, online as uh, as, as uh, the, the the podcast ticks up and we'll be uh, we'll be posting the the homily uh, shortly thereafter uh, on Sunday and see what I did with this see, we'll see you'll see how he how he manages to bring this all together <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for joining us I'm Ben and I'm Bruce and we'll talk to you next time bye